I blew it. Hello. Oh, well, it's it's part great. Of, part of the theme song was cut off. <laughs> what do you do but... again? Oh, now your screen's going crazy. Oh, really? Okay, it's back We're now. keeping this all in, but I'm going to hit play on the, <laughs> the theme song again. We'll <laughs> pretend like this all never happened. <laughs> Wow, what a wonderfully complete theme song. That was amazing. <laughs> I mean, it was like really one half of a second was cut off. <laughs> so I guess but, we didn't really need all that, but it happened. No, no, we did it justice. We played the real full theme song. The people need to hear it. <laughs> it's for the people. For the true fans. For the true fans. <laughs> Hello and welcome. This is Chance Time. It's a podcast a podcast about video games, and I am one of the hosts. My name is Paul Bills, and with me is Ryan Speakman. I would consider us all friends. <laughs> uh, us, like the three of us and the listeners? No, like just the of three us. of us. Just. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, listeners can become friends. I mean... We have pretty intimate chats in the Discord. Yeah, you gotta be in the Discord. Uh, and so I would consider the listeners our friends. Yeah, that's where the true friends are. Yeah. <laughs> also with us is Curtis Lowe. Hi. <laughs> Welcome, this is Chance Time. Uh, sometimes we talk about video games, and sometimes we talk about other things. But we always talk. <laughs> That's what's important. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh, should we just uh, dive right in? I don't know. Does anyone have a preamble before our official preamble topic? Before the real topic? Uh, I don't, how we do things. don't want to I don't talk have a... too much about it, but I want to let Curtis personally know I am drinking a LaCroix right now. Oh, it's happening. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> a throwback to whenever we had the famous uh, LaCroix versus Peeps episode. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember that. <laughs> Talking about true fans. <laughs> Peeps. This is so oh. a deep cut in the lore. Speaking of Peeps, I still haven't tried it yet. Uh, did you, have you seen the Pepsi Peep flavor? I have seen it. And when Charlotte and I were at the gas station one day, I was like, should we buy this? And she said no. I have one in my fridge that I've been meaning to try for like two weeks and I haven't done it yet. Should I go get it? Yes. Hold on, I'll be right back. I I personally want to know what you think of it. Yeah, let's get a live reaction here. This is what the people want. <laughs> While he's getting that, I did try... You know how Coke is doing all the weird flavors? No, but great. Yeah. Uh, I saw like with starlight. Yeah. Okay. I, I was going to say, I think I've seen one. I didn't know it was a whole thing now. Yeah. They've done a few. They did. Uh, they did the gamer one, which. Yes. I don't, I don't think that was the one I didn't try. And then they did like cloud flavor or something like that or dream flavor. I can't remember what it was. I feel like I just saw a new one recently at the yeah. store. I didn't recognize move is what the new one is. 
and I did have that. And to me, it kind of tasted like, uh, like buttered popcorn flavored dum dums, <laughs> or like okay. burnt marshmallow jelly beans. Uh, but then I looked online, and people think it's like a pina colada. And then once I read that, I could definitely taste coconut as well. Weird. So I don't know how all of those fit together, but when I explained it to Charlotte and then she tried it, she was like, I understand what you meant by all of those flavors. (laughs) Those ones are just so weird to me because they're like not flavors for the name, you know? Yeah, they're like, like what is move supposed to taste like? Or dream <laughs> or bite? Wasn't there a bite one? Like a computer? There like was a, a bite, yeah. Like B Y T E. Like what? <laughs> From my understanding, movie. the Starlight one was supposed to be kind of like a camp type flavor, so it was like s'mores kind of. But that's just what people said. The mystery. I think that's just people finding meaning in meaningless flavor names man thank you coke for allowing us to dream (laughs) well you guys want to know how (laughs) the pepsi peeps crossover tastes like yes definitely i've been calling this a peepsy (laughs) because of course you have why wouldn't you why is that (laughs) not on the bottle i don't understand Okay, okay here we go Ooh, I heard a crutch. Yeah, it sounded like you bit into a peep. <laughs> An old of... crusty peep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, here we go. Mm. Nah, it just tastes like Pepsi to me. Like it just. <laughs> I'm not sure. No, this is kind of disappointing, and not in the fact that it's bad. It's just that, like, it doesn't really taste like much. I don't know. Interesting. I mean, peeps are just sugar, right? It's just sugar. It's like a marshmallow with sugar on it. So are they just throwing in, like, way more sugar uh, into it? Okay, so you know, like, the kind of sugar, because it's not just straight sugar on the outside of a peep, right? It's, like, got its own distinct taste a little bit. Yeah, I feel like I get that in the aftertaste a little. Okay. I don't know. I'm not going to drink this whole thing. Well. I'm going to put it back in the fridge later for Jade to try. Because that was the deal. And then it sat in the fridge for two weeks. So (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it has a shelf life. Maybe after two weeks, the flavor goes away. Or it becomes more pronounced. (laughs) Maybe. It only grows in power. Uh, great preamble, though. Yeah, fantastic. We, yeah, we did great on that one. <laughs> Every preamble needs a, a, a reaction of some kind. <laughs> uh, email us at chancetimepodcast.com <laughs> if you think this was a great preamble. <laughs> and yeah, this that is just like sugar, Pepsi. Like, there's less cola <laughs> flavor and less, and more just like sweet flavor. Okay, sorry. <laughs> We're moving on. I understand that we've moved on. I will move on with you now. But also, please let us know what else we should react to live on the preamble. <laughs> yeah.
Let us, yeah, join the Discord. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> uh, and with that, I'm going to mysteriously slip away for five Ooh. minutes, as you could hear my, my dog indicating by barking. Perfect. All right. Thanks for coming. Great episode. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> well, I guess it falls to us to continue on with uh, one things. One's things. One's things. First things. There's more, sometimes there's more than one. Yeah. It happens. Exactly. But they're all one thing. So it's one's things. That's right. Do you have a, a one thing, Curtis? I guess it, oh, it falls me. to you. So it doesn't make me burp real bad. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, another feature of the peeps. The peeps. <laughs> makes you, makes the belt just come. Um, trying to think. I don't want to talk too much about it again, but case of the, I keep getting that mixed up. Case of the Golden Idol. Just an update on that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now that's Jade. Fin Jade finished it. Her parents have now just finished it as of last night. <laughs> wow! Now everyone in the house has played it. This is which, a multi generational event. Yep, <laughs> which I think is really entertaining. We would Jade and I would go back to their little room. You know, I just got my old laptop out and plugged it into the TV with the wireless mouse, and so they can just click and drag and drop on the TV and discuss. You know, and <laughs> uh -huh. it it was painful. To be to go back there and sit and just watch <laughs> and like listen to him talk. It's like, oh, maybe we do this. And I was like, and Jade, Jade would sit there and just shake her head or nod her head. I'm like, Jade, you're going to give it away. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a bit of a struggle to not just say out loud, like, nope, that's wrong. <laughs> or if they're thinking right, you know, it was just like you want to confirm, but you don't want to ruin it either. So, it was, it was last night, though. They had, at one point, they had three sections correct. They just needed to swap two of them. Mm. And then they took one of them and swapped it with the one that was right. So then all three <laughs> all of them were wrong. And I was just <laughs> sitting there like, oh, you're so close. My gosh. <laughs> so anyway, it's Incredible. still a very good game. Um, it was entertaining to watch people play it because everyone picks up on different things. It feels like where Jade figured out probably a kind of a big plot point. She noticed it earlier on, and I didn't catch it to like the very end and stuff like that. So anyway, it's a really good game. <clears throat> I still highly recommend it. What and... was your what was your pitch? What was your pitch to the parents? Like, how did you get them to try it? Um, I just explained that it was a murder mystery game. They both like murder mysteries. They've done the box box ones that are kind of like oh, a board sure. game style. Yeah, They've yeah, done that uh -huh. before. So I was like, that's kind of like that. Um, there's a set of, I told them like 11 or 12 murders or whatever, and you got to solve, and you just go one by one. So it's not overwhelming that way. But And all the clues are there in front of you. You just got to find them and then drag and drop the words and fill in the blanks to solve it. And I told them that it was... a that even though they're individual cases, they all connected over like a 40-year course in the story. So it was like a big overarching story that revolves around the Golden Idol. I think that's about what I told them. <clears throat> so. And 
so you said they played like board games, but they do not play video games. No. No, they don't. So what was that like? I'm just very curious about this because I've never been able to like successfully get certain members of my family to try things. Yeah. Like well, this what is were a... their what were their like concerns? Were they like, but I don't play video games? Like, how did you get over that? Resistance? I just told them that resistance? I did point out that like he didn't. It wasn't like the barrier there. They're just control wise. That's always the issue, right? With these kinds of games. Yeah, yeah. Like, I tried to show him Return of the Obra Dinn, and that was difficult because it was like a first person yeah, thing, which there's no like that. you don't have to react or anything, but you still have to like control the camera and the movement with two different sticks and that stuff. Like so, that's that was a harder thing to do yeah. whereas this one you just point and click so like oh i want to put this name in this one you click it and then you drag it and then let go and then right fire, right like there's not anything to really learn if you can use a mouse you can play this game essentially so when i point that out it's like you just got to click on things and that's how you play the game then they're <laughs> like oh okay <laughs> so i can click on things yeah exactly that. that's all you got to do and then I told them, hey, you put it up on the TV. Because I, Jade and I both played it on my Steam Deck. Uh, so I told them, oh, I just put, plug my laptop into your TV and you can both play it together. And they thought that was exciting too. So <laughs> I think between those two things, that's what got them interested. Aside from the murder mystery stuff that they like to begin with, right? So really, I mean, it is a good... I mean, I guess it's still technically a video game. But yeah, it's not... It doesn't have... You don't have to really know how video games play or yeah, function, yeah. I guess. So that barrier to entry is gone, so it's a good one to show people like that. Yeah. But you, you led with theme, and then you um, you kind of calmed the nerves about the mechanics. That was yeah. the, the two-step process, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, basically, essentially. <laughs> <clears throat> and I think it also helped that Jade had played through the whole thing, too. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have she's the. She also doesn't play a whole lot of video games, so yeah, she was but... also she was able to vouch for me and say, "Yeah, you just point and click and drag stuff around." Trusted, trusted third party, trusted yeah. non gamer. Yep. Yeah. Because you know, and it's like when I tell them, "Oh yeah, it's easy to play" or whatever, it's like it kind of feels like the guy who eats you know, super spicy food constantly be like, oh, this isn't very spicy. And then you eat it <laughs> right. like it burns your throat. Yeah. That's what it kind of feels like sometimes when I tell them, oh yeah, this isn't so bad. So but it worked out really well. And they seemed yeah, they really enjoyed it. That's very cool. I'd recommend it. I think it'd be a fun one to <laughs> throw up on the TV like that. I kinda wish I played it with Jade like that. Instead of playing it individually. Yeah. It'd be a good one to do that with someone. Good. And now my uh, playtime on it is a little whack because it's up to thirty-five <laughs> hours now, and it does not take that long. It took me five, six, or five or six hours probably, <clears throat> and right. it's really bloated because I told them, "Oh yeah, just you know, when you're done, you can just exit the game or whatever, and then close the laptop, and it'll go to sleep." And when they exited the game, I think they just went to the main menu. And then shut the laptop, which actually I didn't realize the setting was like you had to actually hit the power button to put it to sleep. 
So uh, one of those. Yeah, it was running for a long time. I think like overnight <laughs> a couple times. <laughs> but hey, well, got perfect. my money's worth out of it for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a high game time to price ratio. Yeah, that, getting that value. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing, the thing I did want to talk about, I won't go too much into this though. Um, is uh, I borrowed Breath of the Wild for the Switch for my brother-in-law. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of revisit it a little bit. It's a whole new experience. The new one comes out. Um, <laughs> I actually, to be totally honest, I missed the Wii U gamepad playing this. Oh, okay. Hot, hot take. Heard it here. The, the Joy-Cons feel so cramped, man. The Wii U gamepad is big and bulky, but it's comfortable you know and the button layout is nice yeah so i i was like ah, i kind of want to buy like the big old fake not fake joy cons but you know like the big ones that are like essentially a big huge controller that are cut in half mm-hmm. yeah yeah i forget what it's called but yeah there's a brand who does that i was like i kind of want to buy that just for this because yeah i missed the real joysticks joysticks and stuff yeah, you know, um, I, I'm just now realizing like, I haven't heard a lot of comparisons between the Steam Deck and the Wii U. Yeah, but that's almost like the that's actual how it feels. Closest, yeah. yeah, like the actual closest thing. Yeah, if you want to know how a Steam Deck can kind of feel in your hands, yeah. you pick up a Wii U gamepad. That gives you a good idea. It's not doesn't yeah. it won't have the same weight, but the size yeah, is probably the similar. size is kind of similar. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't think we've ever made that comparison before, but yeah. we should have. Yeah, I think the, the Wii U gamepad is honestly really comfortable. I think. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I remember it feeling like I, I don't remember it ever feeling unnatural in any way. You know, like it, yeah, it, it just worked right out of the box in terms of like I didn't have to adjust to it in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was honestly, I was a little worried about Tears of the Kingdom after playing Elden Ring, mm-hmm. just because they have Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring have a lot of similarities, um, in terms of like their open world design a little bit. Um, but what I forgot is like the mechanics of Breath of the Wild are very different. So it's a much different vibe. And a lot more like survival craft kind of feel to Breath of the Wild than Elden Ring, mm-hmm. which is ironic because Elden Ring, I think, might have more crafting than Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> but I never use it because it's like I don't need to, you know. Right. As Breath of the Wild, you're constantly cooking foods and making you're potions. Constantly, and junk yes. And you're just hearing that little cooking jingle. Um, you don't like lose health over time though in Breath of the Wild, right? No. Like it's it's not full on survival where it's like even oh, if you no, don't get no. hurt. No, yeah. There's no like hunger meter or anything like that. Yeah. Um but maybe in like, maybe in the sequel. Do maybe. Just maybe make it full on. <laughs> <laughs> um full on survival. But yeah, so after playing this for a while, I'm not as worried anymore because while I still definitely like the combat Elden Ring better, um I forgot like the physic physics engine and stuff that they have in Breath of the Wild is really fun to mess with. 
You know, I've totally forgot about that. And all the stuff you can do with that, like burning grass so you can oh, yeah. paraglider out and do that. Either like throw metal blocks at people because you have your magnesis thing. Like you can, mm-hmm. and like the weather, like there's a lot of <clears throat> systemic mechanics, I guess you'd yeah. call them. Chop place. a tree down on a cliff and let it fall down on people. Below. Yeah, and roll yeah. down the hill. Or, yeah. or push into the water so you, have, so you can like almost build a raft, essentially, it feels like. like yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff you can do in that game. Done yeah. that with the bombs a lot, or I'll see a group of monsters down at the bottom of a hill, and I'll just put the bomb and let it roll down. Yeah, it yeah. really is wild. Like, I don't... Even Elden Ring... I I mean I haven't played a ton, but it it doesn't really have as much emergent stuff like that, does it? It didn't seem no. Like... Yeah, it really it's it's impressive how unique that still feels in open yeah. world. Like just the emergent possibilities like that, just systems coming together, and it does seem like they're doubling down for the sequel. Yeah, which is really um, cool on that aspect. Yeah, which. Which makes it like extra exciting because it's like, what will I discover? But even, it's almost even more exciting is what will I see on YouTube for years? Yeah. <laughs> like, what will other people figure out? <laughs> yeah. The only thing I still think the Elden Ring has like the exciting sense of discovery beat a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The I, variety of things you can discover in Elden Ring is so much bigger. Yeah, than, the amount of content. Yeah, yeah. Zelda is just like here's another shrine and here's another Korok seed. And that's like it feels like right. that's all you really find, you know. And you don't have a build, so it's not really an RPG like Elden Ring. So there's still a lot yeah. of differences. So it's not. You yeah. can definitely compare them, but it's not like a one-to-one comparison by any means. Yeah. So, yeah. I did try the master mode. And I got really frustrated with it, and I stopped. Have you tried that before? <laughs> I've never tried the master mode. I was okay with it. I was like, oh, I just got to be a little scrappy, you know. I got to be resourceful, <laughs> and you know, I'll do all that random stuff, like roll bombs down hills and chip away their health and stuff. Until I realized, for some reason, it's like if you don't do enough damage consistently, their health just regenerates. Mm. And I'm like, this is bullcrap. <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> it was so hard because. They're really hard monsters right from the beginning, and you have like a tree branch. It's like, how am I supposed to? Like, everything's breaking. All I can really do is throw a bomb and then wait for it to be able to throw another bomb. But in that time frame, their health keeps regenerating. So, just, I don't know. It felt really cheap to me. Is it uh, just time, or is it like if you stayed close enough to them? No, because I had I a few it... times where, like, I put my shield up to defend, and this, I swear it started regenerating, like, in the middle of their combo. Oh, uh, okay. I was right in front of them. Yeah, I never experimented enough to know, but... Yeah, so I didn't mind, like, the super hard enemies from the get-go. Right. I expected that. I didn't expect their health to be just regenerating constantly, because then it just drains your resources that much faster, and then you're just kind of out of luck, it felt like. To the point where I was just avoiding them more than I was fighting anything. Are you talking about solitaire conspiracy? Yeah, I am. No. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about the master mode in Breath of the Wild. Mm. Did you ever try that? I did try it. Didn't didn't get super into it. 
mostly because it was something that you had to spend lots of hours on to finish. Yeah. Did you have the issue with the enemies just regenerating their health? I don't remember that, fights? actually. That's what turned me off of it, finally. So I was willing to, you know, try to be resourceful and everything and crafty and all that stuff to sneak by or, you know, kill the strong enemies. But, yeah, their health just kept coming back in the middle of fights. <laughs> it's like, I can't do this. Yeah, that sucks. You take out that one mechanic, and then I think it would have felt a lot more fun. So I just gave up on it. Like, eh. uh, Did I miss, did you do the other stuff in the DLC? No. I'm going to, though. I did actually end up buying the DLC. So I'll get to that. I do want the motorcycle. Because I still don't like the horses in this game. Fair. The journey... Pointless a little. The journey is just <clears throat> as fun as getting the motorcycle, in my opinion. Yeah. But that's my opinion. And I yeah. I think what you just said is very controversial about not liking the horses. Well, I, I don't yeah, I agree with I you. Know. <laughs> I was I would say that I think Elden Ring spoiled me. Mm, I but do it. I also didn't like the horses and the first time I played it when it came out, so <laughs> I think I caught one horse and then I stabled it and then I tried to use it a few times and then I kept leaving it behind and then I couldn't get it back because I was too far away because I climbed the tower and floated away. And then I was like, oh, this is pointless. I'll just keep climbing mountains and jumping off of them. And then at the very end, it's like, hey, here's your horse. You got to use it. I'm like, oh, hey, yeah. I forgot about my horse. <laughs> no. Anyway. You heard it here, folks. Known horse hater, Curtis Lowe. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's like a ghost horse that I can just whistle and then it pops up under my legs and I'm just off. Mm. And it's cool. I mean, they do have the skeleton horses in Breath of the Wild. But can you just whistle and they just appear for you? Mm, you they don't appear when you... like you, they don't get summoned right below you and you're automatically riding them. But you can't you whistle and they come by? I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought they had to be like in range. Mm. That's how no. the regular horses work is they have to be in range to hear your whistle. Interesting. Is the skeleton horse different? No, it's, it's not. I mean, it doesn't have yeah. ears. How would that work? Well, uh, the motorcycle works anywhere. Yeah, I want that. And it works just like a the Back to the Future DeLorean, where you have to fill it up with trash for it to work. <laughs> Can you pick that. up items off the ground while you're on your motorcycle? I don't remember that. Ugh. I hate that too. I hate riding by a bunch of stuff I want to pick up off the ground and I can't because I'm on my horse. <laughs> anyway, I'll have more to talk about it. I don't want to get too deep, too into it because I could probably list off a whole bunch of things I want them to change in the next one. But... Yeah, I think that's that's Another a game day. we'll talk about. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come up again. I don't know. Are you guys <laughs> planning on replaying it at all? 
before the new one? Nope. No. <clears throat> but it's good to review. So thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear you. I feel like you cut out. Oh, I was just saying it's good to review. Oh, so yeah. thank you. But I'm not planning on playing it. Fair. It's very long. Big. All right. I think uh, is that is that your one thing, Curtis? Yep. We're done. Uh, okay. Well, Ryan, do you want to go next? Or do you want me to go next? Um, I'll I'll go ahead and go next. All right, go for it. So, as we all know, or if you're listening to this for the first time, you don't know. I recently uh, picked up Metroid Prime Remastered. And while I have been enjoying it, I like 2D Metroid way more. And this is one of those games that, I mean, I did play a little of it, but I ended up not playing a lot of it when it first came out. And um, this is kind of like my real first like playthrough of the game. And keep in mind all the good stuff about it. And I'm, I'm maybe not <laughs> as far as I need to be to make all these judgments right now. But I find it interesting that people are like give it such a high score. Have you played this, Curtis? I know you haven't, Paul. But did you play um, Metroid Prime back in the day? I did back in the day a little bit, but not a ton. And what what were your thoughts on it? I remember liking it. I just got lost. Mm, yeah. And I was like nine years old or ten <laughs> when I was playing it. That's fair. So I had a hard time figuring out exactly where to go and what to do. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not too hard to figure out what to do, because if you end up going in the wrong direction, they kind of like say, hey, there's something weird in this part of the map. And they do kind of like point you in the, the right direction. But there's something about backtracking in a first person, like 3D space, that... It, Interesting. It seems like a lot more burdensome to me when I'm like, oh, I've yeah. got to go all the way back mm. over that way to go get this thing. Um, but like when you really think about it, the maps aren't that big in Metroid Prime, and so by the time I actually get to my destination, I'm like, okay, it wasn't that bad. Um, but like I walk through the same hallway like a million times i'm like okay i gotta shoot these same enemies that i've already seen <laughs> um and so i don't know i like the environments are really cool and the music is cool like samus is cool <laughs> and, like a 
it's got a lot of good stuff going for it. The boss fights have been my favorite so far. Um, Where there's just been... Like, you don't see a lot of first-person shooters with boss fights. And it is kind of like the, the upgrades are really cool. I really like the the boost morph ball where you like have a special boost and then you find out that uh, the main purpose of that is there's like little half pipes around. And so you kind of do some Tony Hawk style uh, going up the half pipes with the boost ball and like nice. You got a Tony Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> that, does so, Goldfinger start playing when you do that? It does. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, doing my uh, my Benny Hanna's and so I do think the game is really cool and I am glad that I'm getting this experience playing through it but I'm not sure if it's the Mario to Mario 64 or like Zelda to Ocarina of Time transition that I kind of wondered if it was based on like some of the reviews I have seen uh, for it. Um, But all that being said, like I am having a great time and like I am excited when I like get to the next point or get a new upgrade. And like, I, I still don't know how I feel about the scanning, which is a huge mechanic where yeah, there's a lot of that, huh? Yeah. You have to change your visor every time you want to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but the new version on the Switch looks great. Uh, the Being able to use the right stick is great. I don't know if you knew this, Paul, but there was like a weird... For the GameCube, you had to like hold down the Z button and then change yeah, your... Yeah, yeah. Yes, I've heard <laughs> yeah. about this. Um, and so adding the like standard first person controls into this is really nice. I haven't given the motion controls a go, but I, uh, I might try those out at some point. Um, I do remember the motion controls working well for Metroid prime three. And I'm pretty sure they're the same controls in this one. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, so I'll have to give those a, a go. Um, but yeah, I mean, last week I talked about how critics bugged me. Uh, be, and so this one, uh, I'm the critic. I'm being too, I'm being so nitpicky on this, even though I'm having a great time. But I, I think whether it's like a masterpiece or not, I can't really say. But what I, I have found is I do think I prefer 2D Metroid over the 3D Metroid. and But even though I still enjoy Metroid Prime a lot. Yeah, I think that's fair, though. This is different. It's different when you have to, like, navigate the 3D space over the 2D space. It's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, one and obviously thing. the mechanics and the shooting is first person. It's a huge difference too. But. Yeah, and I'm I'm naturally not good at first person shooters. I didn't really play those at all growing <laughs> up, and so I don't really have the muscle memory. So that might be part of it. Um, the other thing is, 
there is a sense of exhilaration that I miss from one certain aspect of this game, but it is also frustrating. Where sometimes uh, the save points are far enough away where if you lose, they're not holding your hand in this one. You are starting back from that save point that you last Mm. saved at. Mm. And so sometimes you'll be on a boss and you'll be low on health and you'll be like, I did. I have not saved for a good like fifteen to twenty minutes. <laughs> if I do not beat this, that would be so bad. But then when you end up beating it, it feels amazing, and you're like, okay, now I just got to make it back to the save point. But if you lose, it is so frustrating. But I guess that push and pull kind of makes it fun in some some parts of it makes it fun when it makes it fun but makes it not fun when it's not fun. <laughs> uh, yeah but then when you do it the second time or third time you do still have that satisfaction of like okay that was hard for me but i i did it finally that's fair yeah but yeah that's my my thoughts on metroid prime remastered fun game nice Okay, that leaves it to me. Um, I, I'm going to do a bit of a throwback here, bring up a game that is definitely too old to be playing right now, but not old enough to be playing right now. You know what I mean? I'm talking about Injustice 2. I was just Did talking you... about this with someone. Oh, okay. Was it with you, Curtis? Did I talk about Injustice 2 with you today? Mm, no, not today, no. Okay. You told me before that you liked that game, but... I I was going to use it as an example of my uh, graphics card upgrade, but I think maybe it was too long of a story to tell via text. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> uh, well... An event happened that I've been like low key waiting for for what feels like years. And that is a sale, a good sale finally happened on the, I don't remember what they call it, legendary upgrade or ultimate upgrade to Injustice 2. So I bought Injustice 2 when it came out, just the base version of the game. And then after a while, they released the legendary edition that just collected all the characters and everything in one package and every time i checked for sales it was there was a sale on the legendary edition but not on like the essentially the expansion pass to like upgrade the base game with all the extra characters and that was always so frustrating to me that it's like i could rebuy the entire game for 20 bucks but if i want to just upgrade my existing purchase to the complete edition, that's 40 bucks. And that would just really bug me. And one time I saw like the upgrade pack go on sale and I didn't buy it. And I've like regretted it ever since. And I swear it's been like two or three years of like randomly checking sales every now and then to see if it was on a good sale. And it never was. And it finally happened this week randomly. So I finally pulled the trigger and I upgraded Injustice 2 with all the extra characters for six whole dollars. 
Wow. Wow. Yeah. Would you believe, Paul, that I did buy the expansion pass when it was on sale? (laughs) Wow. You're you're a champion, and I I should have followed through. What are you playing it on, is my first question. Uh, PlayStation. Okay. So that's probably the main difference, is I think it's been on sale on Steam a lot more often. Yeah. Well, and like, some Injustice 2 stuff goes on sale all the time, but never that specific product. And it was like, it's really bugged me. So very happy to now have it. Um, but that means I've been playing Injustice 2 again, because got to try out the new characters. And that means my son has been playing Injustice 2 as well, because he always plays whatever I play, unless... I very strictly tell him he can't play a thing. <laughs> uh, so we've been playing Injustice 2. Um, I think my review of the expansion characters so far is that Starfire seems to be the most fun to just pick up and play of all the characters that were added post-launch to Injustice 2. Um I love and hate the single-player content of Injustice 2. I love it because there's a lot, and they seem to really dedicate to the idea of, hey, people might just want to play this on their own. And so they did give you a lot, but I hate it because it's very loot box driven. This was like the height of loot boxes, was Injustice 2. And they're very stingy loot boxes, and the, the progression is extremely slow. And so if you want to, like, try out all the different cool outfits and skins that are in this game, you have to play for a million years to get enough stuff to, like, actually put together a character look that you like and feels custom. Um, But yeah, definitely, probably... the most like mainstream fighting game that I actually feel like I can kind of play. And I would be very, very excited for an Injustice 3, but that seems to just still not be anywhere near to happening because there was a leak this week that Mortal Kombat 12 is coming out this year, which doesn't feel fair because they were supposed to go back and forth in Justice and Mortal Kombat, and now we're getting two um. Not in Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> uh, we're getting two of those in a row without an injustice in between, and that makes me sad. Agreed. Um, I did check if Injustice 2 is cross-play, and it is not. Oh, that's just... I was going to pop on there. Yeah. Destroy your son. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's what he needs. <laughs> I'm sure he's way better than me. Uh, it was really funny because I, I, he wanted to play the story, so I put it on very easy, um, and then somehow I, that didn't stick for one reason or another. I have no idea. So he actually played like the first three or four missions of the story accidentally on medium, and he like actually grinded it out enough to to win a few on medium. I was very impressed. Oh wow. But then I got to the point where he was like, why is this so hard? This is frustrating. And I was like, well, 
it doesn't seem like the AI is playing very easy. So we like <laughs> backed out and looked at it again. And yeah, the setting hadn't saved or something. But yeah, I mean, so he might be better than me. <laughs> <laughs> is the, are the Ninja Turtles good in it? Uh, I've only tried the Ninja Turtles a couple times and I didn't, I, I thought there was like a way to switch between them, like Pokemon trainer style in Smash. Mm -hmm. But it seems like it's just you play as Leonardo and you can like call in the others for like assist hits. And that was mm -hmm. less exciting to me. That is less exciting. Yeah, I, yeah. but I maybe like I just don't get it. Can play as the different ones, but I okay. don't think you can switch out at will. I think you have oh. to like press like something when you select them or uh, okay. something like that. I yeah, I remember I'd... doing it earlier, but I can't quite remember the process. Yeah, I tried to like change the loadout or whatever the way you like change skins, but it didn't work. But yeah, I'll have to look into it more. But yeah, Injustice 2, playing that in 2023. Who would have thought? Nice. That game is, I just looked it up, uh, coming up on eight years old. No, wait, six years old. Six wow. years old. Well, I look forward so, yeah. to when we get Street Fighter 6. And yes. become Street Fighter Six champions, and that will prepare us for Injustice Three. That's right. So if you go to customize characters, and then go to the Ninja Turtles, you can switch out the weapons, and depending on which weapon oh. you have selected, it chooses the different turtles. I would not have thought to do that. Okay. It's not very intuitive reading that out yeah. loud. Uh, okay. I mean, that does get me more value out of my $6, though. So thank <laughs> you for that. Oh, and right. you, you can save each of those loadouts. So when you select the character, you can. You can go between you them. You can okay. choose whichever one, yeah. Wow. They really shoehorned that in there yeah. but they figured it out <laughs> good job guys you solved it i'm sure that was not fun for the developers they're like by the way because it was like one of the last characters added so they're like by the way we're gonna make a multi-character the only like multi-character in the game so here you go <laughs> they were like uh we're almost done with this game what <laughs> but they figured it out they did it Congrats, guys. All right. I think we did one thing. So, ready to move on to the topic of the show? Yeah. I'm ready. All right. Today's topic is puzzle and word games. We're going to take kind of a similar approach that we did with rhythm games. Just kind of like review the genre as a whole and, and give our experiences and thoughts. Um, so I'm going to start with the big question, the broad question. See where we go from there. Uh, what are some of your favorite puzzle games, puzzle or word games of all time? 
what like immediately comes to mind for you is like, oh yeah, puzzle games. Uh, Ryan, let's start with you. What what are the big ones for you? It's hard because when we talk about favorite puzzle games, I try to think of like, what are some of the puzzle games I finished? <laughs> and I, I think I always get to the point where I'm like, all right, I have to be a genius to figure this yeah. out. But I also don't want to look it up. Uh, but I'm sure maybe right. one will will come to mind. But the ones that are coming to mind right now are Baba is You. Yeah, okay. Um, and then there's there's actually one that I find very interesting that I got in a Humble Bundle a long time ago called English Country Tune. Sounds and great. I've never heard of that. It's some of the most intricate puzzles I've ever seen. Oh. And I've made it I I feel like I made it far, but maybe I didn't make it as far as I thought, but I can't even explain like what the puzzles are. <laughs> like they're so they they mostly deal with like shapes. And like one weird one that I can kind of remember right now is you're a flat square on a surface. And you're kind of like flipping between tiles. That That is the main mechanic of the game is you kind of like flip between different tiles. It's uh, no one's going to understand what I'm saying the way I describe <laughs> okay. this. Uh, uh -huh. But you know how like if you like flip up a square. It kind of like flips around to different squares and it like goes from one sure. side to another. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like different faces on the cube yeah pretty much um, and then like one of the puzzles like there, one of the series of puzzles I guess was there's little pegs on the ground and when you go on one of those tiles with the pegs it cuts a hole in your square and you have to like find a way to like match a design with the right amount of holes in the square um, but there are like a lot of weird puzzles like that. That one was like a unique one to me where I had never seen a puzzle game that kind of, it was very simplified, but at the same time, a lot going on. And then I'll throw out the witness as well. Mm -hmm. Another classic. I'll see if I can think of more, but Curtis, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel like there's like different genres of these puzzle games. A couple yeah. of the like mi mystery ones, I guess the witness from what I know, I didn't play it a whole lot, but I know it's a puzzle game, but don't you kind of like unravel a mystery of what happened or happening on the island that you're on? I think I feel like I've heard that. Maybe that's not true. It, it, um, it is true to <clears throat> an extent. Okay. I think it's more about solving the puzzles than finding out the mystery. And I think the hints of what's going on from what I played, I didn't really get yeah. progress in any story of any kind. Um, but like going along the lines of a mystery game, Return of the Oberdin is one. Um, one that was overwhelming to me, so I never finished it, but someday I'm going to. Um <laughs> And then the one I keep talking about, uh, The Case of the Golden Idol, which everyone should play. 
those are both good picks for that kind of a thing. And I know there's like a whole bunch of mystery. I feel like there's like 20,000 Sherlock Holmes games and all the Nancy Drew ones. All <laughs> those probably fall into this category. I've never played any of those, but that's like a whole yeah. genre, I feel like, of puzzle games. Well, and this is leading me to like a, a sub question to this question. Um, what are some of the best puzzles in other genres because a lot of games use puzzles as like a a mechanic can you think of any like that stand out as like the puzzles of this game were really good in particular gotta throw out tunic immediately okay yeah i mean you talked a lot about that yeah that is the main hook of the game is those puzzles are really good and then there's puzzles within puzzles within puzzles. <laughs> and like you, th- you, you start solving some puzzles and then you find out, oh, there's this mechanic. And then mm-hmm. you find out, oh, I can do this. And then like there's other like really vague, interesting clues that you're like, something seems off about this, but I can't quite tell. And then you like learn another mechanic and you're like, oh, my gosh this ties together with this mechanic and like, I don't know the, like the, the further you get into the game, especially like once you finish the game, kind of getting into the like puzzle mechanics that aren't even really Mm. required to complete the game is really cool. But it just goes deeper and deeper. That it does. Yeah. Okay. Curtis, any stand out to you? Puzzles within. Hmm. I don't know. I can't think of like a specific one in a game like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess I never answered the original question. Um, puzzle. I and it's puzzle and word game. So I've played a lot of word games. Um. One that really stands out that I think my wife Maddie is up to like a I don't know how many three hundred plus day streak on this game called Not Words. Have you guys ever? It's like not like a K, so not like tie a knot. Not Words. Have either of you ever played that? I have not. Mm-hmm. Not Words is very cool. It's like it's like a crossword, but instead of the hints being like definitions the hints are it chunks up the crossword into different groups and then gives you all the letters that go in that group but you're still making words crossword style like vertical and horizontal but a group might be like an l shape so you know that all those letters go in that l shape but that l shape is only half of like two different words so you have to figure out like how to place the letters in that shape and then the shapes around it such that all the shapes together make you know a complete crossword of like vertical and horizontal words so they have like a a daily puzzle and it like keeps a streak and Maddie really likes keeping her streak i played it for a long time but Maddie has left me in the dust by continuing <laughs> to play it um but 
that one really stands out. It came out around the same time as as Wordle, and I guess you can't talk about word games without talking about Wordle. Um, yeah. Did you guys know that Wordle was literally the most Googled word on the planet last year? Was it last year? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, was it last year or the year before? I think um, it was last year, like last, like January 2022. I Googles, I'm just confirming this, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, number one search, Wordle. Global, number one search, Wordle. Yep. <laughs> In the US and global, it was the most Googled word, which is just bonkers. <laughs> that, like, That's it's crazy. that huge. Um, and I kind of, kind of feel like selling it to the New York Times. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they paid him enough. It's the single most Google <laughs> word on the planet. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, speaking of word games that everybody played at one time, I got to mention Words with Friends. Yes. Basically, yeah. but basically Scrabble, but kind of one of the big first, like, everybody plays this phone game. Yes, uh, that's what I was going to say. It really was like early, early app. Yeah, that's like. Yeah, I, I guess it was part of Facebook as well. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, and there, there was a while where like everybody, like you would actually play it with your friends, which I don't even do now with mobile games. Like, yeah. <laughs> but words with friends, like it actually did work that you would have games going with your friends all the yeah. time. I remember in the height of me playing it, I was undefeated for a long time. And then I hit that point where I'm like, I don't care about this. And then my cousin beat me and she was like, I thought you were undefeated. You're not that good. <laughs> uh, I want to shout out, sorry, going back to puzzles inside other games. I've got another uh, one too, but you go first. Yeah, uh, there's just like kind of the whole RPG genre loves to have puzzles uh, show up inside the game in one way or another. Uh, just a recent example that comes to mind is Persona 5 Royal. Uh, like, I don't know, 80, 90 hours into the game, suddenly it introduces inside one of the final dungeons this whole like puzzle mini game or mini mechanic that they use like crazy in that one particular dungeon and i was like i am so close to finished and they just decided now that they're gonna make me do like 20 of this puzzle that they just threw in here like i couldn't believe it i was like there's a ton of these but like they weren't bad but i was just like equally impressed and annoyed that they were making me figure this out this late into the game when I just wanted to see how it was going to end. <laughs> but had to do some puzzles first. Uh, I want to throw out Resident Evil. Those games always oh, throw okay. in a bunch of uh, puzzles that you got to solve or like Resident Evil 2, there's a big statue. Uh where you have to find like little talisman type things, put them in, or mm -hmm. there's always like a bunch of safes or weird, like bejeweled 
things where like one jewel's missing and there's oh, all you have to move things around. Yeah, move things around and find stuff. But the twist on all those is the one piece that's missing in part of the puzzle is in a zombie infested room or something like that. And so uh, it's extra okay. stressful to solve those puzzles. Yeah. Uh, in a similar vein, there's always puzzles in the Uncharted games. There's mm, always yeah. puzzles. Always puzzles in Assassin's Creed. Uh, I'm trying to think what other like major. Oh, I guess. God of War. Yeah. Kind of infamously. A lot of people really hated it. <laughs> but there was the puzzle minigame inside Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. The, like. <laughs> Like the quote unquote do science. What it, did you guys like that? Did you hate that? I did them all. Did you, yeah, I did them all too. I guess, and you could like literally skip them, right? Wasn't there a button to just say like skip the puzzle? I think <laughs> just so, like yeah. totally opt out, which is just an incredible choice. Um, one that like ran one in this vein that I still think about sometimes is. Uh, watchdogs, the original watchdogs actually had pretty interesting because of all the hacking mechanics. Um, there's one in particular I remember where you know you had to do the classic Ubisoft like tower to open up the map, so you have to get to the top of the tower or whatever. But there was one where you had to like hack a shipping container, open it drive a car into it and then hack a crane to lift the shipping container while you were in the car and then like rev the engine and drive the car out of it and it would it would just get enough speed to like clear a gap to land on top of something for you to get the tower and that like one particular puzzle i like randomly still think about sometimes because i was like that felt really cool to figure out that they like used the different systems of the game in a like not totally obvious but made total sense once you put it together way um so random shout out to watchdogs which is not a great game in a lot of other ways but that one puzzle has stuck with <laughs> me for some reason that's cool um gotta shout out braid and fez oh yeah two earlier indie games that were really interesting puzzle games, I guess is one way to say it. Yeah. They're amazing, but yeah. Um Zelda Dungeons or yeah, I guess we could even shout aspect. out the shrines. Yeah. Where it literally is mostly just puzzles. Right. Yeah, so as we're talking about this, it's almost like Puzzles are are more a a tool for other games than like I mean it's a standalone genre too, but the more I think about it, the more like the puzzles that really stand out to me are actually inside other games. Yeah. Um well now I'm thinking of just puzzle games. Uh but the portal games gotta shout oh, out those. Yeah. Got it. Yes, that is like 
should have mentioned that first like that's <laughs> like king of the genre yeah yeah um i had another one but i lost it i guess got to say missed even though those were too confusing yeah. for me as a kid yeah but definitely yeah, a very different kind of puzzle, but definitely a puzzle as well. That falls more in like the mystery camp that Curtis was talking about. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites, standout mobile game experience for me, The Room. Oh, yeah. All of those Room games are so good. Yeah, that's... that's... And how many? There was like, there was tons. I, I think I played the four on mobile. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know the room, it's essentially just like you're in a room with a puzzle box. And you got to interact with the box to try to figure out how to open it. And each box yeah. gets more and more <laughs> intricate as you solve them. Yeah. Also kind of an early winner of the mobile game space that franchise yeah i will say though the first one there is a puzzle where you have to use the gyro controls in your phone mm -hmm. and i didn't know that that was a mechanic and it's the only time you use it in that game oh that's okay yeah and so i uh couldn't figure it out for a very long time and finally i was just like i have to look this up and it was like move your phone <laughs> and that made that's that's something that happens a lot with puzzle games is the sometimes they'll throw in a mechanic that's not used very right. often uh and that's what stumps you and i don't know it's very frustrating yeah there's definitely like you mentioned in the beginning there's a lot of puzzle games that you just don't finish that's yes. totally the case for me too but like even puzzle games i like they just get that just gets a point on the learning curve that i was like this doesn't feel worth it to me anymore yeah <laughs> um, and like i talked about i was just gonna shout out one yeah, game ahead, i talked ahead. about railbound which is a game I got pretty recently and really enjoyed, but definitely I just hit that wall where I was like, it's not worth it to me anymore to figure these yeah. out. And that is one of the issues with puzzle games is I feel like with any other genre of game, you get stuck and I feel like it's okay to look something up if you're right. stuck long enough. But the purpose of a puzzle game is to use your brain to figure something out. Yeah. And to like kind of problem like the fun of a puzzle game is problem solving. And mm -hmm. so when it's so hard and you get that stuck, it doesn't feel fair to look it up. And so but I yeah, don't so know, is there studies that show like learning how to do puzzles, figuring out the solution or having someone tell you the solution? Does that help you? solve puzzles later down the line i have no idea that's a good question like is having in like basically do you learn from example i guess is what you're saying yeah like, 
Yeah, that's a good question. I do not know. But that being said, like I puzzle games are the ones I never look stuff up on and for that reason I never finish them because I <laughs> am not the genius that they seem to think that I could be. Right. Because I do feel like if a game's sole purpose is solving puzzles, oftentimes they go to the extreme where yes. they like figure out a way to make it the hardest thing to figure out as possible. Yeah, where it's just like so beyond intuitive that like Yeah, you have to like totally deconstruct it and think through it yeah. to get there. Yeah. And I think if it's done in the right way, that can still be fun. Where you feel like you're making progress, but I think most of the time Baba is you is a great example of this for me. Most of the time I'm sitting there for twenty to thirty minutes making zero progress because I have no right. idea how to change <laughs> how I'm thinking about these problems. Yeah. That's actually one that I was really intrigued by the idea and I like really respected it, but I did not get far because yeah. <laughs> it just got way too hard too quick for me. Um, also want to shout out, I mean, I, this is still a puzzle game, but it's a, a different approach to it in some ways, like games like Dwarf Romantic, Dwarf mm, yeah. Romantic, I don't know how to say that, like that's still a puzzle game, but it's not like find the one solution. It's just like it uses puzzle mechanics and then says maximize this until you can't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I guess sometimes I prefer that kind of puzzle where it's like puzzle where it's like try to maximize yeah. every move, but it's not like there's one answer that I'm expecting you to get yeah. and you can't move on until you get it. Uh, by the way, for those listening, Curtis left for a moment. That's why he hasn't spoken yeah. for a long time. <laughs> um, are you back? Oh, no, he's not. I, I don't think he is. No. I thought I heard him for some reason. Um, so here's a question I have. Most people would yeah. agree a game like Tetris is a puzzle game. Mm -hmm. What makes Tetris a puzzle game? The spatial reasoning? All right. The, like... Bad question immediately. <laughs> it just seems so different from other puzzle games. But yeah, I, I guess like, that it's because it's adding kind of like a an element of uh, fluidity, I guess is the right word, where you, you're not sitting down to solve a puzzle per se, but the puzzle right. is, be, you're, you're cre complicating your own puzzle and yeah. solving your own puzzle by using different techniques. Yeah, and like the time crunch adds to the puzzle. Like, yeah. If if Tetris pieces only moved like when you pushed the button, it would be a very different game. <laughs> yeah. Like if if there was no if it wasn't falling. So yeah, there is kind of like like action puzzle is kind of a mm, different yeah. take on it. Like um, what is it? Puyo Puyo. Yeah, is that what Puyo, it's called? Puyo. Yeah, that franchise. Same idea. 
and like Dr. Mario. Yeah. It's like the the action puzzle, the I don't know if like I don't know if that's the right term, but Yeah. Puzzle where one of the complicators of the puzzle is just you have to think fast and pretty much it's designed so that most people can't think fast enough to make optimal optimal decisions every time. Yeah. I will tell you what I think the lamest type of puzzle game is. Okay. Match three games. Match three. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that. I, like, <laughs> I guess because there's like, uh, what is it called? Puzzle Quest? Puzzle. There's like a whole franchise that's like, they've done like a Street Fighter version and a Marvel version, and it's just Match oh, 3 yeah, with yeah, those yeah. characters. Yeah. Is it Puzzle Quest? Puzzle RPG? That, I don't know. That sounds right. I know what you're talking about. Now. Yeah. Um, I mean, but yeah, that feels more, it's almost like just a slot machine. Like, yeah. it's just like one step above that in my mind, where it's it's mostly chance. Um, but I guess there's probably people really into match three games that would disagree with us. But, I mean, yeah, you, you just have to say Candy Crush and right. most people, most people, even people who don't play games know what Candy Crush is. Yeah, and it, it's reputation alone still sits near the top of like the top grossing apps. So there's there's still and like when I when I travel in airports, there's almost always a mom somewhere on the plane playing <laughs> Candy Crush. So there's I mean they they still got it all these years later, and it doesn't seem like they're like losing their core fans at all. <laughs> I do. I, I I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I do find it interesting that no one plays their Switch on the plane anymore. Mm. Every time I've been on a plane, I'm the only person on that plane playing my Switch. <laughs> playing the Switch. And that includes things like Steam Deck. Like, I don't see people yeah. really playing anything that's not on their phone. I'm always surprised how many people actually play the like seat back screen. Oh games. yeah, that is always interesting like, to me too. It's not it's not comfortable for your arm to like <laughs> hold it up like that. What? I'm back. <laughs> Welcome. We're back. talking about talking about games on planes. What do you mean? How it, we like segued out. from talking about Candy Crush and uh, always seeing someone at the airport <clears throat> playing Candy Crush and then we were uh, talking about playing games on planes. <laughs> There's So I almost always fly Delta because we live in Utah and Salt Lake City Airport is dominated by Delta. Um, and Delta has speaking of puzzle and word games has like a I don't know what they call it like a word scramble where it's just like a bunch of letters and it's like find all the words this bunch of letters can make and always it's not just like one I see like two to five people playing that game on every flight I'm on and I, like it literally looks so uncomfortable to like hold your arm in that position for that long to like touch that screen in front of your face. But people are always playing it. Like it, it has some kind of power that <laughs> it's like, 
Is it the novelty of it being in your plane seat? I guess. So it's like you can't, you don't have access to it. And there's also is like, it tells you your score compared to other people mm-hmm. on the plane. Yeah, that is fun. There's like an aspect of that. Like I can beat this random set of strangers on this very flight. Um, something about that that I think is appealing to people too. People like to like prove their intelligence, especially when it can be proved higher than than others around them. That's that's just kind of like a an eternal appeal. So I guess that works on, in the plane seat. So true. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's kind of kind of the drive of puzzle games in general is to prove your intelligence either to yourself or to others. Yeah, I mean it is satisfying when you figure one out i now that Curtis yeah. is back gotta shout out picross yeah i knew yeah. we had to get there at some point tonight. <laughs> we have to talk about picross what a game was that was that something before like it's almost seems like i didn't ever hear about it until it was a video game yeah no there's a picross mario picross i think on the super nintendo you can play it on your switch yeah, but I'm. I'm Which saying, I didn't know about until. Like, but it's like, are you saying, is there a paper? Is it like a Sudoku oh. style history where. Good question. I don't know. I remember doing well, those like puzzles. Do you remember those ones, those school like puzzles that they would give you where you like have to solve a math problem in like each square? Or, like, you solve the problem and you get, like, the the number nine or something like that. And then you look at your key and you see, oh, number nine is orange. And so you fill that math problem square with orange. And then eventually, like, makes the the whole picture once you've solved them all. Right. Yes, I do remember those. That's the closest thing to Procross I can think of. (laughs) I don't remember those at all. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but this leads me to a question that I wanted to get to. Uh, you mentioned Sudoku. Have either of you had like a phase where you got into Sudoku in any form? Yes, I have. I remember I, playing I, it. There was a, I had a math class. I think it was in maybe in high school where we played Sudoku a bit. I don't know, honestly, what it has to do with math besides <laughs> knowing your numbers one through nine. It's just, but... Yeah, it's more logic, but I guess logic yeah. is also a kind of math. But anyway, yeah. That's true. That's about it, though. Yeah, I went through both a crossword puzzle phase and a Sudoku phase. I have as well, yeah. Uh, but those were on mostly apps. Yeah, I think me too. I mean, as as a kid, I I would do Sudokus here and there, but I don't think I ever got like a Sudoku book that I powered through or anything like that. Right. Yeah, I've never, I've definitely never finished a whole book. When was Sudoku like invented? Because like I feel like I remember it like coming into popularity, like you know, like word searches and crosswords were basically always around. And I, I, I knew from the very beginning that that was something that existed a long time. But Sudoku kind of felt like 
this is a new thing when I was a kid. Maybe it just came to popularity. I'm looking it up right now. So my I? I guess 1979? Oh, no. Well, Sudoku.com right. says the first number of puzzles that were similar to modern Sudoku appeared in a French newspaper in 1895. Uh, okay. Mm, but I... Go to Guardian.com, it says the Sudoku story began in 1783. Oh. Yeah, so... Okay, but then... In 2004, thanks to the efforts of Wayne Gold, who devised a computer program to rapidly produce unique puzzles. So I think that's when it like exploded, because then you could make books. You could make books really fast. And yeah, I think that's because did you guys have that same experience of like being a kid and kind of all of a sudden there was just Sudoku everywhere? I mean, I never thought of it that way, but now that you mention it, I'm like, yeah, that is what exactly happened. Yeah. Oh, and okay, the Wayne Gold thing is also the first time it was published in the U.S. It was in 2004. So even though it's been around the world, it didn't actually hit the U.S. until 2004, which is interesting. So yeah, that must have been why it was like, suddenly this is everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then now there's all kinds of variations on Sudoku, which I guess like not words that I was talking about is it's kind of like Sudoku meets crossword is really another way to describe it. Yeah. Um, okay. Another question I had. I think, well, I was going to ask, We've already talked about kind of earliest puzzle games, but is there like a a first puzzle game you remember, a very early puzzle game that like kind of got you hooked as a kid? Anything that stand out that we haven't already talked about? The one I seem to run into as a kid most often was Bubble Bobble. Or I don't even know not, what that is. Not even Bubble Bobble, Puzzle Bobble specifically. It's. It, I saw it the most often in arcade. It, or not even in arcades, but that was like the random oh, arcade yeah. machine that they had. Um, in a lot of places, and the colors always stood out to me. It just seemed like an exciting time. That's that's kind of the first <laughs> one that I like. Have vivid memories of. Yeah, and this is like a genre in of itself, like several mobile games. So if those of you who don't know what Puzzle Bobble is, it's it's that type of game where there's like bubbles at the top of the screen and you get a colored bubble and you like launch it up, right? And then you're trying to like connect them. That's what you're thinking about, yep, right? That is the one, yeah. Puzzle Bobble. And so this has become kind of a, a oft-imitated genre in mobile games, similar to, like, Match 3. Like, I'm pretty sure Angry Birds had a version of this, and, like, a lot of the typical mobile, like, franchises have tried their their hand at a version of Bubble. Um, I think, like, what is Bubble Witch Saga? Is that the one that's made by King? 
or is that someone else? Yes, it's made by King. So it's Candy Crush's version of this is Bubble Witch. Mm. So yeah, it's it's kind of interesting how there seems to be like some small number of core puzzle ideas that just get imitated like crazy or redone in a lot of different ways just with different skins basically yeah. like match three and bubble and i don't know if you would call this a, a puzzle game but now i want to put it in this group but like brick breaker yeah i mean that's the hard thing about video games is i think you could argue almost all of them are puzzle games yeah because in a sense, you are solving puzzles no matter what you're playing. Yeah. Like even like I'm sure someone could even argue like a racing game is a a puzzle game in a sense. Yeah. Um, also. Go ahead. Um, I've seen people say like stealth games are just puzzle games. Yeah. Which makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested in that. Um, Would you categorize Tetris as a puzzle game? You missed. That oh, we talked about this while you were gone. Oh, we decided you? that, yeah. that y- yes, but it's kind of like an action puzzle. There's kind of a whole different subgenre. Yeah, you got you know time to think. It's timed, I guess. Right. Yeah, that'd be the only one I could think of as a kid playing, probably on my Game Boy. At some yeah, point. that was going to be my like. I think my earliest puzzle game is probably tetris as well uh i do want to correct myself it is called puzzle bobble but i remember it in the arcades as bust a move oh okay mm, or bust a move um another one i remember growing playing a lot actually is a uh, wario's woods i have not heard of this is that similar to yoshi's cookie yeah, yes and no, I think. I've actually okay. never played Yoshi's Cookie. But Warriors Woods is like a match three game, basically. But instead of um, <clears throat> controlling where the blocks and stuff are falling, kind of like Tetris, things are just falling out of a tree. And I think you're actually playing as Toad. <laughs> and you're in the puzzle box thing, and you're picking it up, picking stuff up, and moving stuff around to make stacks and whatnot. Uh, interesting. So it's almost like take Super Mario Brothers 2 and mix it with Tetris, maybe? Yeah. And it's oh, like and a like a versus thing. Like if you play single player, like the story mode, you're going against these computers. And as you clear stuff on your side of the board, it pops up on their side. And had a phase where I played that a bit, quite a bit. You mentioning Toad reminds me that one of the more recent, like, big budget pure puzzle games is uh, Captain Toad Treasure oh, Tracker. Captain Toad, forgot about that one. That's yeah. a good pick, though. That yeah, was fun. Lots of really cool ideas in that game. Like, I felt like that game was going to fall very flat. Like, it's just, I was like, that's not enough to be like a full game in and of itself, but they definitely proved me wrong. Yeah, that was a good game. That is a fun one. 
so speaking of that, I guess we can move on to our next question is we've talked a little bit about this, but kind of generally for you, what are the the key features of a good puzzle game? Like I, this is kind of a nebulous question, but what are some general traits of like, yes, this is a good puzzle game? It's hard because I want to say they teach, they like the game is a good teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I I don't really know what that means because that's probably different for each person. But like when I feel like I've learned what the game is trying to teach me, they can throw in a harder puzzle that's still makes me have to think a bit more but it's they've taught me enough where i can still like actively process the puzzle instead of just sit there and be like i have no idea what to do yeah that's what that's one thing like for bad puzzles or whatever is where you look at it and you're like what do it like you don't even know where to start kind of a thing yeah i was gonna say a feature of puzzle games that I really enjoy is it makes me feel smart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I can't, I can't tell you how to produce that effect exactly, but you know, cause if it's too easy, I don't feel smart Yeah. and then I don't like it. And, but if it's too hard, then I feel dumb and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so there has to be like that, that balance somehow that I guess is, you know, kind of the whole trick of designing a puzzle game is finding that, that balance. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just now remembering monument Valley is another kind of hallmark in, in mobile games in general, but it's definitely a puzzle game. Um, but stands out because it, you know, it has the like, perspective the like escher type art mm-hmm. definitely a memorable experience um but i think kind of the strategy of that one speaking about good puzzle games was we're gonna make every puzzle good but then that limits like we have to have a definite beginning and end because every puzzle is so handcrafted um so the game ends up being pretty short um so there's kind of different strategies you can take you know there's like the procedurally generated endless puzzle and then there's the like defined solution puzzle i guess we've already talked about that a little bit but um each of those has has a different path to being good i think yeah i i want to shout out another unique puzzle game uh keep talking and nobody explodes oh yeah i guess no oh, yeah I, would, that, I mean there's no other genre that fits in but it did not immediately come to mind as a puzzle game but you're right i mean that's what it is i feel like it like yeah you yeah are solving puzzles but the trick is you don't have any of the instructions someone else is reading you the instructions right um and so i feel like there's not a lot of two-person puzzle 
experiences like that where you have to really like uh, for those who don't Actively know work together yeah, yeah i'm sure most people do know what keep talking talking and nobody explodes is but <clears throat> you can either play it vr or you could play it on like a laptop or whatever but one person is looking at the screen trying to uh defuse a bomb but you also are required to print out a manual or you could look at it uh like it's a pdf yeah uh but you essentially aren't looking at the same screen and so one person has the manual and is trying the person who's looking at the screen is describing what they're seeing and based off of that the other person has to look at the manual and be like okay you're in the wire section how many wires do you see what colors are they and then based off of that you have these instructions to defuse the bomb um but yeah can't think of anything else like that one uh did you guys ever play space team i haven't thought about space team in a long time until no. right now talking about this <laughs> i remember you talking to me about it i think when we worked in the same place yeah i had yeah. missed that phase where you were into it or you were into it and i just never played with you but right yeah but it's the only it's the only other game i can think of that kind of fits this specific niche of like yeah. one person takes action but other person has instructions but this takes it to like a ridiculous level because it's like five, seven, ten, twelve people, and everyone is getting instructions for someone else all at the same time. So you're just sitting in a circle and all shouting what needs to be done, and someone else has to do it fast enough, or your ship explodes and everybody loses. So it's meant to like simulate that scene of every Star Trek episode where everything's going crazy and everyone's just shouting out information <laughs> and the captain's shouting back orders. Like that's why it's space team. Cause it's, it's, it's pretty explicitly trying to create that scene, but for you and your friends. And I think we're moving a little beyond puzzle games at this point, but fair that it's a, it's a really unique and, and cool experience. Uh, that I have not thought about for years until you're talking about keep talking and nobody explodes because there's really those are the only games I can think of that have that kind of spin. Yeah. Another franchise I wanted to mention: uh, Have either of you ever played the any of the framed games? I'm not. Mm, I have. Um, yeah, they're like I think they're on PC, but they're mostly mobile games. But it's basically, um you're trying to move comic panels around to create like the right comic story or to like get your character through the page by like moving the panels in such a way that the character can get through the page without getting hurt or attacked or stopped or whatever, or like caught, you know? Um, And so that's a different kind of like, puzzle slash narrative uh, where like the puzzle mechanic is deeply tied to the the theme um 
and I really haven't seen another game like that. That series has a bunch of entries. I, I don't even know how many, but it went on for quite a while. It might still be going on for all I know. Um, but there's kind of a, a seems to take a game that's coming out just later this month that takes a page from that is called Storyteller, which I've played a demo of and I'm really excited about. And it's basically, um, it's a puzzle game, but the puzzle is you have like story elements to put onto the screen and you're basically trying to create an outcome. So you have like characters in like a drawer at the bottom and you move the characters into these panels that tell the story, but you have to put them in the right order and the right amount and the right like sequence and combination to create the the outcome you're looking for. So like an outcome could be like heartbreak and you have like two lovers and a and like a bad guy rival lover and you have to like put them into the different environments in the right order so that the story ends in heartbreak. And but then sometimes it gives you like multiple different solutions where it's like use the same environments and the same characters but you have to come up with like a heartbreak, a happy ending, and a tragedy where like one of them dies. And so you just kind of have to keep rearranging to create those different outcomes. Um, so I've only played the demo, but it's like really intriguing where it's that the puzzle and the narrative, like the narrative is the puzzle. For some reason, I just really like that idea of like making narrative into a puzzle. Um, and so I'm really excited for that. It comes out like I said, later this month on March 23rd. So that's probably one where I'll break my rule this year and actually play that day one, as long as it's not crazy expensive for some random reason. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess my next question, we've talked, talked a little bit about this, but have there been puzzle games that like have generally been praised but have not clicked with you? Where it's like everyone loves this puzzle game, but you tried it and it was just like, I just, I don't get it or I don't, I can't get into it. Um, the one would be probably Return of the Oberdin. Just because oh, yeah. I got overwhelmed by it and like it was kind of difficult to figure out what to do next and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, like, I really liked the idea of it and everything, what I played and did, and it was a lot of fun. But I just got to the point where I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> I've looked at everything, and I don't even have, like, half right. the people identify it. I don't even know what to do from here kind of thing, which made it hard. Yeah, and I already, already talked about Baba as you was quite and that just... Yeah, that one, too. Quite... What are you going to say? I was going to yeah, say... Too hard. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Puyo Puyo is one where I don't, I actually don't know very many people who are like, I love Puyo Puyo, but um, <laughs> there is an audience for sure. Yeah. And my first foray into it is when I tried Puyo Puyo Tetris because it was the only Tetris game on Switch and I really wanted to be yes, Tetris. I do. I do remember that stage. Yeah. <laughs> and I I played through the whole story, but I was like, I uh, always dreaded the Puyo Puyo 
segments of it and i i i sort of got like a little bit of the hang of it where i was like okay i can make a few chains but when when the speed started becoming an issue i do not understand i can't like comprehend how people get good at that or how (laughs) people like do like five to ten chains at once yeah it's a lot of setting up. It's a lot of yeah, thinking ahead. Yeah. Uh, another. Oh, I just was lost it. I had one. I forgot it. Oh. Um. Did either of you ever try Lara Croft Go or Hitman Go? Those were mobile games i think eventually came to pc too hmm. i never played them but i remember yeah, I hearing that they were good yeah i played lara croft and hitman and um that was one that like i i think i finished lara croft go but i don't think i ever finished hitman go and that was one that just kind of hit that point for me where i was like it doesn't feel worth it anymore to figure these out like they're getting more and more intricate and they were fun at first, but now it's like you've hit my limit of I I don't care enough to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> like I felt like I got what I needed out of this game, but now I could just move on rather than force myself to figure it out. But I think I did finish like the story of Lara Croft Go, but I don't think I finished it yet. But I mean, the aesthetic of especially Hitman Go, where it was like, it was like a board game, basically, like Agent 47 was a little standee piece and the other and everything like made board game piece noises as they like moved across the table and stuff. It was it was very cool look and feel to the game. Yeah, that's that is interesting. I didn't know what that's what those games were. Yeah, I think. I don't think. Oh no, there's just Hitman Go Definitive Edition. So I don't. I don't think they made like sequels. But I think they did like expand it. Yeah, and Lara Croft Go. I yeah, it looks like there wasn't a sequel. Just. A single experience. Uh, I guess you've got a shout out. I this is uh, once again going away from your question, but yeah, go for it. Anytime I think of one, I'm like, I gotta say it. Uh, Big Brain Academy. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, and Brain Age. I guess gotta mention as well. Brain Age, especially the height of. Like, what can we market to all the people who bought a 3DS for some reason, but don't actually care about video games? <laughs> <laughs> the the perfect audience to get. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that was like, for some reason, Brain Age kind of seemed like the. Like, classic marketing of like. Oh, this actually helps your brain, and you'll yeah. 
like as you get older you're losing like muscle or brain muscle or whatever so you increase your iq with the 3ds and brain age yeah and reduce your brain age yeah there was a while where there was a lot of marketing aimed around like play this game to better your brain and there's still a few that survive but it seemed like for a while there was just a bunch of out, of them out there that that was the selling point yeah Uh, I guess another one that I don't understand is Tetris Attack. Which is the one where you... Basically, there's already b blocks in place, but you're like... It's similar to Match 3, I guess. But you're switching two tiles at a time to kind of make tetrises or something i i don't really know how it works but it every time i see it i'm like eh, this doesn't look for me, like it's for me <laughs> yeah i don't think i've played that one heard of that one but... <clears throat> it's obviously not as popular so you're not the only one that <laughs> would rather have regular tetris um has have you, you have you talked about uh super hot yet? We've not. No, that is I think that'd be a fun yeah, addition to this episode. That's I think a lot of video game puzzle like puzzle video games like there's definitely a lot that, you know, are classic puzzle games, but I think there's a few that are really interesting in the way they play with other video game mechanics like super hot with the you know, it's a first-person shooter, but the way it plays it turns it into a puzzle game, you know? Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. Yeah. We mentioned Portal, which is kind of the classic example. Mm, and Portal, yeah. Taking other video game tropes and making them into puzzle. But at Super Hot is, yeah, did a very similar thing in a, in a different way. Yeah. Okay. Last question. What do you think the uh, future of puzzle games looks like? Are there any games like upcoming that you feel like are really adding to the genre or changes you'd like to see? What do you think? I. Um, oh, go ahead. I think that there has been a recent trend in puzzle games we haven't talked about yet. Uh, the cozy puzzle game. Uh, yeah, yes. Good. Which, where I, speaking of the future, I think we'll continue to see a bunch of those. The one that comes to mind is a little to the left. Mm -hmm. where Unpack. Unpacking, unpacking, yeah. Unpacking. I noticed the uh, Dwarf Romantic is categorized as a relaxing puzzle game. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely put that up there. I yeah, so I I kind of feel like we'll keep seeing more of these like non-stressful puzzle games that are kind of in like cozier environments, I guess. Yeah, cuz it's, you know, your the cozy theme looks for like non-violence and so if if you're looking for like no combat cozy 
pretty natural draw to go, okay, well, it'll be a puzzle instead. Yeah, that will be the gameplay. Yeah. Before they were designed, you used to have to turn off blood mode on Tetris. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Kind of scarring to see to get a get a Tetris and clear, you know, five <laughs> lines at once. Yeah, and the scream sound effect was unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> a little much. How they toned it down later iterations. Um, I agree that like the cozy game thing is kind of in full swing. It feels like um, I think what's interesting about puzzle games lately, because when I think about like classic puzzle games, it's always stuff like like Tetris, you know, mm-hmm. and but it feels like like this is a puzzle puzzle game. Does that make sense? You know, like a traditional puzzle, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas now we're getting. A lot of interesting, like kind of mystery puzzle games, like Oberdin and Case of the Golden Idol. Um, what's the the Outer Wilds? Yeah, oh, another one yeah, I've yeah. heard of like that, and that I've wanted to play for a while. Um, you know, things that are like kind of telling stories, like you're unraveling a story, but you got to figure out just context around you and the game world and stuff, which is really interesting to me. Um, I think there's quite a few of those. A Call of the Sea was another one that came out in the past year or two that mm-hmm. I never played, but it was and, the same uh, idea that like you're playing as a woman who lost her husband in this island or something, and you go to there was a, figure a game out what last happened. There was a game last year that got buzzed. It was called Overboard, where it was like a reverse murder mystery. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you you, you murder someone. Yeah, they, they yeah. murder your husband. And, so yeah, like, and, and you try to get away with it. Trying to get away with it, trying to frame other people or like yeah. the detective and other people. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think we're getting away not away from like the traditional block puzzle type games. Those are definitely still around. Um, but we're getting into these really interesting games like that that I think are pretty cool. That, you know, hard to do anywhere else. Like it's a video game thing, you know. On that note we gotta throw out inscription as well. It's true. Yeah, a lot of these, like, just, I mean, if you want to, you could throw in, like, Elden Ring and Dark Souls for their narrative. It's like a puzzle to put together, you know? Like, hunting down clues and stuff to figure out who's who and why they did what they did and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I guess, like, these narrative puzzlers are kind of becoming a thing. Yeah. Uh, I feel like a question I have, going back to Wordle, there's about a billion Wordle clones out there. What do you think the long-term effect of, of Wordle and all of its many slight variations will be? Do you think that's just a fad, or do you think there'll be, I don't know, some long-term effect of, of Wordle? It's hard to say because I feel like... I... Uh, maybe it's not as hard to say. I feel like it'll be a fad or mm. it, it already has proven itself a fad in, but in a similar way that candy crush was a fad. And then it continues with the people that. Yeah. That stick with it. It. So there, yeah. there are some people who are like, I got to do my wordle every day. And that lasts for a long time. But I think, and similar with the not words that you were talking about, mm-hmm. where like 
Yeah. I do feel like getting like daily streaks and stuff is enough for people to stick with something for a long time. Hmm. But I think in terms of like the height of popularity, uh, it's hard to say because I feel like there have been games like Wordle before Wordle was the thing that didn't stick for some reason, but then Wordle came along and... For some reason, it's got something that takes off. Like Sudoku, I feel like, was maybe the last one where it suddenly became easy to become widespread, I guess, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And then everyone started playing it, and it was just suddenly everywhere. Wordle, I feel like, was kind of a lightning in the bottle situation because it had the built-in feature of... You know, sharing. sharing your score with yeah. everyone. Yeah, the sharing was absolutely which brilliant. Which really helped it blow up, yeah. I feel like. And it released at an interesting time in the world. Yes, that also helped. Yeah. And I actually think it helped that you couldn't play more than one a day. So all you uh, were left, yeah. all that was left to do, all that was left to do yeah, is go talk true. about it. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah, I feel like there people might be looking out for the new, well, not necessarily the new Wordle, but I feel like there's going to be another simple game that comes out that everyone can just pick up and play. Because Sudoku is kind of the same idea where you do, oh, you do your Sudoku for the day or like your crossword, you know, like. Yeah. That's how the world games became popular because they're in the newspaper and you had your newspaper crossword and Sudoku started being printed in newspapers. So you just had the one a day to do. So I could yeah. see another game, not necessarily a word game, like strictly, but like another game that it's I like, oh, you do this once game. a day kind of a thing. And <laughs> you think it will be? Yeah, I think it'll be a word game. I just have this feeling that there will be this <laughs> word game that just really hits. Yeah. 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 You know, it could come sooner than later, sooner than you think, probably. <laughs> Is it time? <laughs> I don't you know what you're talking up. about. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do this. Guess what, everybody? This whole episode has been a setup. <laughs> <laughs> got got you. We got you. Similar you're to still listening. Similar to when I got Curtis. <laughs> yes, but we all remember. <laughs> we all remember that. Yeah, classic chance time moment. A uh, high point in, in the lore. But the whole episode has been a setup. Uh, very excited to tell you, our Chance Time listeners, that uh, I am I am releasing a word puzzle game <laughs> that I created. <laughs> uh, it is called Word 5. And by the time that you hear this episode... It is available right now. If you go to playword5.com, um, you will be redirected to an itch.io page where there is a browser-based word game that I've created. Um, that's uh, It's the next Wordle that you were waiting for. Here it is. We did it. <laughs> um, it's It's not Wordle. It's not a Wordle clone. There's a lot of Wordle clones out there. Actually, because I've been making this game, I found out that there is a whole category on itch that's just called Wordle, and it's just everybody's very slight variations on <laughs> Wordle. Um, 
But Word 5 is, I've been describing it as a word search crossword Sudoku hybrid. (laughs) Um, Basically, every puzzle is a 5 by 5 grid of letters. And there are always five five five-letter words hidden in the grid. Uh, So words can go left to right, top to bottom, or diagonal. Uh, But the twist is, I don't tell you what words you're supposed to find. And I've removed five letters from the grid. So the puzzle aspect is figuring out which letters you can add to the grid to create five words in the grid. And then the final twist is that the five letters you add themselves create a sixth word. So you're actually finding six total words, five in the grid, and then a sixth made from the letters you add. And the having those five letters make another word kind of helps give you the hints, because as you start to put letters in, you start to think about, okay, these letters eventually have to make a word, so, you know, what other letters could help make both words in the grid and the sixth word? So it all kind of comes together. Um, the The game on Itch, the browser game I've made, does have several different ways to get hints um, because it's it's generating puzzles randomly and it's definitely true that some of the puzzles that it's generating are much more difficult than others. Um, so I give you different ways that you can give yourself hints. Um, and so yeah, I've been working on this for a few months now, which is kind of an idea I had and it 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 kept working. My first prototype actually impressed my wife which was kind of which was kind of the biggest <laughs> the biggest uh boost i could get that she like actually caught on to it and and got into it and wanted to play it more and i was like okay this is an idea that actually has legs and then i am not a trained programmer so i just kind of kept figuring it out step by step and like i said it, it kept working and so here we are at this point where i figured hey i should release this to the world so it's uh, today's the day we're releasing it i hope people enjoy it um let let me know any way that you want to contact me there's actually a forum feature on itch where you could leave feedback you could email chance time podcast at gmail.com you could join the discord um yeah just trying to put this out there see what people think yeah, we'll we'll throw um, the link in the the description as well. Yeah. Um I I have to say that I have played it and yes, my wife has played it and my wife requested that Paul leave a bunch of uh puzzles at our house. Uh, he brought some paper mm-hmm. ones over. Yes. So she could do more and she while <laughs> uh Paul and his wife were over. We uh, we did a, a few of the puzzles on the spot. And yeah. It is addicting. It, it's fun. It, it is a really fun word game. Excited and, for people to see it, even though I yeah. didn't do anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you helped along the way. Oh, we, yeah. we know the guy. I know the guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But speaking of the paper puzzles, that actually, so the original idea was I wanted to create a new pen and paper 
classic puzzle like word searches and crosswords. And so actually like my tagline throughout everywhere that I'm promoting word five is as I'm calling it a new classic word puzzle because I want it to feel like those but but be different and new enough that I'm not just copying existing puzzles so actually like the the original idea was pen and paper and so you'll see when you go to the page that I'm teasing I am trying to put together a a book as well that you'll be able to to buy and actually do it with pen and paper because that was the original idea and and there really is something to that to me of like doing a, a puzzle with pen and paper um there's just a, an experience there that i really like and like a sense of focus that i think you know the digital version works just as well i'm not saying one's better than the other but i like having the option of both experiences so as soon as that's up and running i'll i'll update everybody as well when those are available but yeah, so digital version and paper version coming. Um, I I am surprised that we're at this point, especially it hasn't really been that long. I've been working on it, but it's working and I don't see any reason to hold it back and keep improving it at this point. Uh, let's get it out there and, and see what people say. Congratulations, Paul. Thank you. Congrats. Thank you for... Letting me use the podcast to tell the people. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, it's a, another hopefully big shadow drop for the year. It's another. <laughs> yeah, there's Hi-Fi Rush, <laughs> then Word 5. It's, it's going to be a memorable year for people. And I guess technically Metroid Prime Remastered was also a shadow drop. But True. we'll all remember Word 5. Oh, yeah. Word five, shadow drop of the time year. Direct. The chance time direct. <laughs> World premiere. <Yeah. laughs> World premiere. The chance time direct episode ninety two puzzle and word games, <laughs> including the world premiere of Word five. <laughs> take take that, Jeff Keeley. <laughs> oh, and we forgot to mention we have Kermit the Frog to uh, <laughs> announce. To tell us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> To say random other things that don't have anything to do with this. <laughs> and to tell us his favorite Elden Ring boss. <laughs> uh, what Muppet do you think Jeff Keighley will have this year at the Game Awards? <laughs> well, we, did, we did Animal. We've had Beaker. Uh, I don't think Miss Piggy has been at the Game Awards. Do you he, think he could get Miss Piggy? I think he likes the... I wouldn't say they're deep cuts, but he doesn't like the the main cast. Right. He doesn't yeah. want Kermit and Piggy and <clears throat> Fozzie. He wants the others. Do you think he'll delve into Sesame Street territory, perhaps? I could see Oscar the Grouch showing up at the Game Awards. I was going to go Snuffleupagus. <laughs> Snuffleupagus. The biggest one they could possibly get in there. Yeah. <laughs> but the more I think about it, I'm going to go with Rizzo the Rat. That seems oh, like a. I would love to one. see Rizzo the Rat at the Game Awards. Talking about Plague Tale Innocence. <laughs> <laughs> and it's problematic depictions of rats. <laughs> Maybe we'll get that or, penguin from Muppet Babies. What's her name? I forget her name. I don't remember the penguin's name. 
I don't remember the big one either. <laughs> I think she's only in Muppet Babies. Oh, so deep, true deep cut. That's a real deep cut, unless oh, you're a four-year-old. Well, I, like I was going to say, really I think my main Muppet experience is with Muppet Babies, and I can't even remember the the penguin. Which shows Gosh, that name. It's going to drive me crazy now. Well, while right. Paul wraps this up, we can search it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I think that's it for the episode. Oh, I did want to mention as well. Word five. Um, it will let you play as many puzzles as you want. It's not limited to one per day, but there will be. So there's a feature of it called the puzzle code. So you can put in a code and press start and it will generate the same puzzle for everybody as long as you have the same code. So instead of like limiting you to one per day, what I'm going to do is have a daily puzzle code that I'm going to post on the page and on social media. And so that'll be kind of like, hey, let's all play this one today and then you can go play whatever else you want. But hopefully that will kind of bring a, a sense of community to it. Um, so every day starting at the time that you listen to this, I'm going to try to post a, a specific puzzle code. And when I post a puzzle code, I'll post like a hint um, that will try to thematically tie together the words of that particular puzzle. Um, so that's cool. Watch out for that when you play it. And hopefully that can cause some some discussion. I'll be posting um, mine on the Discord tomorrow. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I... This is why I didn't know the penguin. I didn't know there was a new Muppet Babies that came out in the last five <laughs> years. Her name is Summer. Summer Penguin. What do you think the, uh, like, how extensively did they debate over there before they're allowed to introduce a new Muppet? Like, how big of a deal do you think they make of that? I don't know. There was Very one. I found on the Muppetum wiki <laughs> that originally was going to be, it looked like a sheep or a lamb named Bobby Baba, something like that. Bobby Baba. Okay. And they changed it to Summer Penguin. I feel like it's a classic thing where they're like, we got to have the the normal main Muppets and then some like, guy at the top of the company was like my daughter loves penguins we need a penguin <laughs> That's probably in here. What or market research shows that we need a penguin <laughs> do it or everyone's fired <laughs> i think they just didn't have the the one character in the cast that liked art you know mm, yes That's the thing in kids shows now there's always one that really likes to draw and paint. And stuff. Yes, there's always an artist in every kid's show. I can I can attest to that as well. Well, come back <laughs> next week for more Muppet Babies content. <laughs> I mean, we went from Peepsy to Muppet Babies. And it... what a good way to wrap it up, I guess. <laughs> That's not quite full circle. <laughs> Playword5.com. Remember that, everyone. Playword. Yeah. Was that the Playword right website? The show notes. That's right. Yeah. Really excited to hear what people think and see where it goes. 
Um, but yeah, that's it for this episode. Uh, also, let us know in the Discord or at or at the email what puzzle games didn't we mention that we definitely should have. What are your favorite puzzle games? What did we miss? Let us know. Excited to talk about it. I think that's it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for coming to see James. For coming to see James. Have a happy chance time day. Have a have a happy chance time day.